0: Hey, welcome back everyone to another great episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. This is episode 66, Evidence of the Dragon Breaks. This is classic. Brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and of course questgamingnetwork.com. And today's record date is Turdos, the 9th of Sun's Dawn. How you doing, everyone? This is Ivarwin. I am your host and fellow Tamrielic traveler, and sitting next to me, to my right, is the one and only... Hey, you know what? Bill Nye the Science Guy has has full-on man crush for this gentleman right here, Mike, the Tamrielic historian.
1: I thought you were going to introduce Throngar, who's sitting next to you, especially with like the guitar screeching and going, THRONGAR! <laughs> <laughs> THRONGAR!
0: Yeah, <laughs> all gussied up for the occasion. It, it, it were as it were to appear.
1: Uh, it wouldn't be polite for me to drag my muddy boots and soiled armor through, you know, your house. So,
0: well, I I appreciate that, of course. <laughs> how how you doing there, Mike?
1: Well, I'm doing pretty good. You're doing all I've right. Been, uh, enjoying the uh, the new update here. That uh, we're going to have a little tour, I guess, tonight and. Uh, you know, maybe uh, check out some of these Dragon Break things and, uh, you know, do pretty good. Yeah.
0: um, Absolutely. You know, today's today's goal is to... We've been uh, talking a lot about, about Dragon Breaks. And today's goal is to take Elder Scrolls Online and through established lore... I mean, Mike, you went from... You went in every game. Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion, right? Uh, Elder yeah. Scrolls Online as well. I mean... I mean, that's not every game, but, you know, that's quite a few of them in the series. We're looking to establish that even in Elder Scrolls Online, evidence of these Dragon Breaks that we see in single-player games are there. You just got to know where to look. So that's that's sort of our goal today as we close out this uh, uh, Daggerfall slash Dragon Break-esque arc for ourselves. And um, I think Mike did a very good job, uh, kind of putting some of that stuff together.
1: Now we, we do seem to be short somebody, and uh, I hear the Ministry of Truth has fallen down upon him uh, four months early, though. Is that right?
0: Uh, well, yeah. Actually, um, kind of on a, on a serious note, guys. Um, you know, I, I just um, unfortunately Mark couldn't be with us today. He's he's feeling very sick. And um, without getting into it, I think it might be a really good idea if if you just kind of show him a little support on on Twitter. You know, sometime during this week when you're when you're listening to the show, just just toss the guy a little tweet. Say, you know, hey Mark, hope everything's okay. Love you, buddy. Because um, he's got he's he's going through kind of a rough patch at the moment, and um, you know, he couldn't be here today as a result. So we just want to tell Mark, hey, take um take take some time. And um, I hope you feel better. And uh, you know, we miss you, and uh, we're thinking about you. And hopefully, you're
1: going to be, you know, hopefully you'll be, you'll be all right. Yeah. So, so the Ministry um, of Truth didn't actually fall on him then. No. Oh, okay. No, the Dark that'll Brotherhood. be four months from now. He got a
0: note from the <laughs> Dark Brotherhood, and you know. <laughs>
1: That'll be four months from now when we can actually go to Vardenfeld.
0: <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, huge hello and thank you to everyone in our Twitch chat, um, and also a, a huge thank you to our Patreon sponsors for for sponsoring uh, yet another wonderful month of of QGN Productions. Uh, just real quick, we want to throw it out there that, uh, you can, you can check us out live here on, uh, on TV slash quest gaming network. And you can send us an email at elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com. Uh, of course you can find out, uh, all of our wonderful shows at quest gaming network dot com. And you can follow us on Twitter at elder scrolls. OTR. Uh, Mike, what, uh, what's going on today? What's all this nonsense about dragon breaks? What are we doing today?
1: So, today we are going to look at the history of chronicled evidence of Dragon Breaks. Uh, we have a fast question, some crafting table, this week in Tamrielic Holidays, a gameplay challenge maybe, and definitely an email. But uh, first, we have to look at the stars, I think.
0: Ah, yes, ah, yes, yes, my friend. Uh, the one and only die, the fuzzy prognosticator who does or may not be pooping in sand at the moment.
1: We'll read you ah. the skooma leaves. Thank you very much. This one is ready to purchase a house in Reaper's March. But first, this one has sugar on his claws. <laughs> it seems everything sticks to this one, especially crafting diagrams. This, this is good, as the house is very expensive. Today, this one drew the six wands of the Mage's Guild and the six coins of the Thieves Guild as the cards for today. And the meaning is very clear. Your knowledge is very important to make the money. Save the money now for a rainy day. Protect that money and use it wisely, lest you be left out on the street begging for the same coin you just spent.
0: <laughs> that was really well written. <laughs> I really like that. That was good. Like, especially like the last the last line here: "Protect that money and use it wisely, lest you be out on the street begging for the same coin you just spent."
1: Did <laughs> a good job on that, Mike. Yeah, it came to me at lunchtime today. So.
0: <laughs> I, I, d- really? Wait, no! You just broke, brah. You just broke my lore, brah. I mean, I, thought, I thought you were that's reading. It, the
1: Game's broken. You that's it. Talk house. about dragon breaks.
0: <laughs> I, I thought you got that out of reading the skooma leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to think about about Mike sitting there in a cafeteria thinking about this stuff, eating a Stouffer's, uh pot pie or something.
1: <laughs> oh, those are gross, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, they are. They are gnarly. <laughs> Um. All right. So I'm going to grab up this week in Tamrielic holidays, if you don't mind, sir. Okay. Uh, all right. So sun's dawn the fifth was Orthric Tide. The people of Dwenin have a huge party to celebrate Orthric Tide, the day when Baron Othrock took Dwenin from the undead forces who claimed it in the Battle of Whitemoor. Also, uh, sun's dawn the eighth was Day of Release. The people of Glenumbra may be the only people to remember or care about the battle between Aiden Dureni and the Alessian army at the First Era. They celebrate it vigorously on the day of release.
1: Sounds kind of dirty. Yeah, I was. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those people in Glenumbra.
0: Yeesh. man. Between them and uh, some of the other some of the other folks. Hey, hey who's that? Dancing in the background over there. You see that?
1: Yeah, who is it that came into the house? Who is that? Glissian, Chaotic Serenity. Ah, oh, yeah. True. Oh, and she's got yeah. So this is hilarious. So I don't know if you played with Chaotic and her husband Magic. Ah, uh, yeah. They Yeah. So, you know, they're great people. They come to <laughs> most of our guild events and, you know, they're always around, you know, hanging out and playing with us. But she plays a male high elf, and he plays a female, and it always bugs me because you know it's like I'm thinking, okay, chaotic, yeah, and I, I'm yelling at you know the the female character and it's her husband, so it's it's always like been crazy. Well, she bought the Duchess uh, thing, personality, uh, personality, and she runs around with her high elf, uh, male doing the Duchess effects, which yes. is hilarious,
0: absolutely hilarious. Let's get if uh, if Serenity is listening, come on up to the uh, to the hearth over here, Serenity. I think we need to get this on the live stream. Um, also for anyone who is um in the live stream right now, if you're part of the ESOTR guild, uh you know everyone is welcome to to come on into my house in Way Rest here. Um everyone has the uh the ability to to just visit. Um it uh, well that's that's a little it's a little much there, Serenity, but alright, will <laughs> I'll adjust for you. <laughs> um Hold that camera back. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just just a slight bit. <laughs> um so Uh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, you know, I, I can have up to 12 people in the house. Uh, so, so come on in and, uh, and hang out with us for, for a little bit. Um, Mike, we've got, before we get the show rolling, we've got something quick to mention, right?
1: Yeah, we got two things. So, uh, for those that, uh, may not be on Twitter, uh, we opened the QGN store, show your QGN pride with a hoodie. Your armor is looking kind of weak without that QG D and D t-shirt in both male and female cuts, or shore up your Fallout shelter with a pile of Fallout off-the-record coffee mugs, all that ceramic for your power armor needs. So go to questgamingnetwork.com and click on the Shop tab. So, it's great to see that we're going to have all kinds of stuff that we can wear and bring to the office and stuff like that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, finally, um, you know, just on a a quick note, um, you know, finally we're able to uh, do this. Where we we, uh, got a shop put together. This has been a long time coming. We've had people asking, uh, you know, hey, can can I is QGN going to make a shop? I think it'd be cool if I could wear like an ESOTR shirt or a QGN logo shirt. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. So we finally got it out there and uh, we've got a lot of great stuff um, on on the store provided by Spreadshirt uh, for you. So. Um, go check it out. Okay, uh, if you if you see something you like, uh, we try to keep the prices as low as possible. So uh, if you see something you uh, you like, we definitely uh, appreciate your patronage. Uh, it goes a long way to helping out, um, uh, helping out QGN, and of course helping to bring our hosts from Canada and the United States over to QGNCon. Uh, which is coming up in October. I had a huge meeting with uh, some of the folks over at the New York City Baseball Center where we're going to be hosting QGN con and um, We're starting to shape as they say shape the day for for everyone so we want to uh, we want to get the hosts over there uh, and, and uh, Certainly your your order over at the shop uh, Will will definitely provide a little financial help for those guys to get their flight over to uh, to New York City Um, Also, um, Mike, what else we got on Quick to mention?
1: So that is the QGN party. Join the members of Quest Gaming Network this October on the West 74th Street, Midtown Manhattan, the Baseball Center. Uh, Come join your QGN hosts for a live broadcast for interactive gaming sessions such as D&D, Magic the Gathering, or just hang out and have a good time. We're going to have some uh, live broadcasts and all of the hosts, and hopefully you can make it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you see someone in the background sneaking around, uh n- nearly half naked and turning off the lights, do not be alarmed, I'm not being robbed. That's that's just our wonderful Liz uh doing her things.
1: <laughs> Is she playing the part of Dobie from uh uh Harry Potter? <laughs> oh, no, she's a Breton. she's not a house elf. So. No, no, she's not she's not a house elf,
0: but Sometimes I come in here and things have changed, and I think maybe Liz is trying to be my uh, my, my house elf out there. <laughs> she's, um, she's my Breton on the shelf, so to speak. <laughs>
1: yeah. But you've done an amazing job getting this all put together. I mean, I've got the, the Daggerfall Overlook, and right now it has a cat, a stool, three horses, a wolf, a skull, and a couple of candles. And that's it. it, it, it <laughs> oh, that's in the giant mansion. Oh, wait, and and the training dummy. It's a, uh, in the giant mansion. Yeah. Like there's nothing in it.
0: <laughs> it's a big place. <laughs> it's it's gonna take uh, a group effort to uh, to get it to get it uh, outfitted. And uh, thank you, thank you very much. Um,
1: and that one's open to all QGN uh, ESOTR guild members and uh, many of the active guild members that have talked to me. Have decorator privileges. Uh, not that there's anything to decorate, but you know, once people start putting stuff in, I told people if you want to donate something, send it to me or put it in the guild bank, and we'll put it in the the manor. So
0: yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, just I, I've spent an obscene amount of money. <laughs> um just in the crown store and and not that you have to uh you can you can get uh things made and and that's you know it's it's a it's a grind and i know right now on the forums the uh the grind for that is is being discussed and uh in in ways that forums discuss things but uh that being said i i uh i chose because i am impatient let's get let's get liz on the stream a little bit here uh, who's, who's looking for quite fetching in that? Uh, and she got
1: the Duchess personality too. It looks yeah, like
0: she certainly did. She certainly did. Um, so anyway, I, I got impatient, but uh, <laughs> this is this is it so far, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll we'll do a little bit of a walkthrough uh, at some point. But um, anyway, and and she's she's on the ground. Um. This week's challenge, right? We've got we've got a bunch of stuff uh, going forward here, and uh, we just remind want to remind quickly everyone that uh, Rob threw down the gauntlet on Elder Scrolls off the record uh, last week, which was an amazing episode. And uh, he said, "I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Here's your weekly challenge. I want you to do something nice for someone, and expect nothing in return in Elder Scrolls Online. That's your weekly challenge." And, uh, and and it persists uh through through this show. So uh do something nice for someone. Expect nothing in return in Elder Scrolls Online and see see what what happens with with that. Um have you have you done that, Mike?
1: Um Well, I don't think so. Mm. All I did this week is uh steal 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 and steal some more. Mhm. Because, you know, we need to get all these crafting stuff for the housing, so I will have to put that on my list of things to do this weekend.
0: But Mike, I think you may have already done that because you you have uh, pr- you have provided a service for people by stealing things from them.
1: Well, maybe I stole somebody's skull. See now now you've, <laughs> right out of their head, you relieved
0: them of that <laughs> of that burden that weight. Now they can go find another piece of armor.
1: It was so funny because it was like you know I'm going around doing the pickpocketing stuff for the thieves guild. As part of, you know, like, okay, you know, how can I kill two birds with one stone? And it's like, go and pickpocket, you know, 10 people from Wayrest. So do it. And all of a sudden, like, I get this gold item that comes when I pickpocket it. And it's a human skull. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and it's a placeable in housing. So I'm, you know, working on a Mad Wizards tower or, you know, a Dark Brotherhood tower. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Mm. A man. Another visitor. Who is this
0: person? I saw. I saw, um, I saw uh, what you got going on in that tower in in uh, da- the Daggerfall Overlook, uh, ESOTR's Daggerfall Overlook. And uh, if you go up there, we definitely have the beginnings of a uh, dark ritual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Being a vial numb. of blood, a skull, and three candles.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's definitely happening up there. Um, okay, so uh, you know. My, my gameplay is basically all around me for for the day um so so I was thinking um you know let's uh let's let's skip this uh network break as they say this 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 ad let's skip this ad and, and tack it on a bit later on and I'd like to uh, get into the history of and maybe while while you're sort of reading um, a bit on on the history of here a bit on these dragon breaks um, maybe I'll, I'll sort of, you know, walk, walk through the, uh, the house and just sort of show people, you know, what I've been doing this week in my gameplay. Okay. What do you think about that?
1: That sounds good. And, uh, you got the, the RP walk going,
0: get your I, strut going. I'm going to get my strut going. I'm going to go into first person here in, in, Elder Scrolls Online and, uh, and just sort of show everyone.
1: Okay. So starting in the history of the book of the Dragonborn, born by prior Emmeline Madrine. Order of Talos, Wayne and Priory, year 360 in the Third Era, 21st of the reign of His Majesty Pelagius IV. Most scholars agree that the term was first used in connection to the covenant of Akatosh. When the blessed Saint Alicia was given the amulet of kings and the Dragonfire in the temple of the one were first lit. Akatosh, looking with pity upon the plight of men, drew precious blood from his own heart. And blessed Saint Alessia with the blood of dragons, and made a covenant that so long as Alessia's generations were true to the dragon blood, Akatosh would endeavor to seal tight the gates of oblivion, and to deny the armies of Daedra and undead to their enemies, the Daedra-loving Eliots. Those blessed by Akatosh with the dragon blood became known more simply as Dragonborn. The connection with the rulers of the empire was thus there from the beginning. Only those of the dragon blood were able to wear the amulet of kings, and light the dragon fires. All the legitimate rulers of the emperor have been dragonborn, and the emperors and empresses of the first Cyrodelic emperor founded by Alessia, Remen Cyrodel, and his heirs, and of course Tiber Septim, and his heirs, down to our current emperor, His Majesty Pelagius Septim IV, The history of the blades also hints, although little is known of their activity during the interregnum between Remen's empire and the rise of Tibersepten, many believe that the blades continue to search out and guard those they believe or might be dragonborn during this time. So part of the reason I put this in here first is we're in the interregnum and there's very little written about the interregnum. Uh, And so one of the thoughts has been, is the entire events of ES, ESO um, part of a giant dragon break? I mean, we have 7 million vestiges running around town. I mean, yeah, We just had five of them sitting in the room together. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, is this a giant dragon break? And the second thing is, as we were talking earlier, a dragon break only can occur with the fact of a change in the way time is perceived by the inhabitants. And so, part of that is the fact that, you know, we know that Akatosh is the dragon god of time. And part, the entire aspect of ESO, it starts out with the breaking of, um, you know, the, the, the bond between, or the, the you know, the, the seal between Mundus and Oblivion.
0: Yeah, sure, through when, the, uh, the um, red diamond.
1: Yeah, when they try and light the dragon fires using... Uh, the uh, the, um, the Amulet of Kings. And so, you know, it gives real credence as to the fact that, you know, this Amulet of Kings is the congealed dragon blood, supposedly, that it is, you know, the symbol of the covenant between Alessia and Akatosh and gives the power to light the, the dragon fire, keeping the Empire safe. So it, it gives a little bit of credence as to why we think, at least here on ESOTR and Classic Elder Scrolls, that... This entire thing is one giant dragon break,
0: and uh, I I I like to think of it that way because I mean, what better way to you're you're Akatosh you're you're being assaulted from the minions of Molag Bal, um to to be very quick about the plot here, and what better way to sort of influence your your uh your will then by endeavoring <laughs> to take everyone who has been affected um by the uh, oppression of molag ball and turn them into the <laughs> <Liz>. <laughs> uh turn them into the very heroes that they they wish they they uh they had in their lives um by by turning them into into the vestiges right so, so Molag Ball is, is essentially uh, turning all of the people of, of Tamriel, killing them, right? Turning them into soulless husks. And, and by creating this, this sort of um, massive, massive paradox in time, Akatosh sort of turns those husks against Molag Bal uh, time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. Every single time one of those husks turns into... You know the hero of Elder Scrolls Online. They go and fight Molag Bal. What better way to to uh, stop Molag Bal than by turning his own machinations of cruelty against him in order to stop a god? If you if you really look into it, if you really read into it, it's actually brilliant. <laughs> so um, I've always very much appreciated uh, that that sort of uh, angle to it
1: yeah without oh, a doubt train
0: that's okay <laughs> train trains rolling through is it rolling out or rolling in
1: um it can it's coming towards the house there we go okay it's going so it's just, it's just going to rumble it's not going to have any more horns okay but it's just weird it's like a lot more recently it seems than usual i don't know maybe that's good maybe that means we're actually getting businesses back in the area who knows because it's a local train it's not a it doesn't pass through. It's you know, picks up at the yard and moves to stuff out to the old Kodak plant or the old Xerox plant. So
0: well, that's good. That's that's good yeah. news.
1: So we have a couple more books here. The Brothers of Darkness. This one's but was first found in Morrowind. It's reoccurred in Oblivion, Skyrim, and online. Um, and uh, it, it's a little excer- et- excerpt here. Uh, as uh, this is a surviving footnote or. A footnote from the book of Ancient Tales of Dwemer. Um, we get surviving works during the interregnum here. Uh, so, this is one of those. Or no, that's part of the next thing. Okay. Um, so, not long after Ali Marez's journal entry came perhaps the most famous series of executions in the history of the Dark Brotherhood. The Colovian Emperor, Potentate Servin Chorak, and every one of his heirs were murdered in one bloody night on Sun's Dawn 430. Within a fourth night, the Colovian dynasty crumbled to the delight of its enemies. For over 400 years, until the advent of the warrior empire of Cy- Tiber Septim, chaos reigned over Tamriel. Though no comparably impressive executions have been recorded, the Brotherhood must have grown fat with gold during the Interregnum. Oh. So we have 430 years that, I mean, literally, we're going to read probably the only books that talk about the Interregnum, this period of ESO. And all of them are just like, yeah, there was a lot of chaos and strife and struggle in this period called the Interregnum. So, you know, I think it gives more credence to the fact of, like, nobody really, I mean, really kept records. Yet we have all of these books all over the place. You know, and we have, you know, fairly detailed accounts of, like, you know, what happened before and what happened after. But a 400 period where it's just like the Dark Ages.
0: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, um, you when you look at uh, the the lack of of information that that came out from this era and how volatile it was. A, it supports the fact that it was such a volatile era, and B, it, it supports the fact that um, no one really knew what what the hell was going on, and, and it you know uh, it, that could very well support um, have evidence that suggests rather. Of a dragon break, you know every other time in in um, in uh, Tamrielic history is fairly well documented, including some of the the you know, including the very very old thousands of years old uh, First Era. Yeah, the First Era is so well documented uh, compared to what was going on in the what, what was it seven eight hundred year span of the Interregnum.
1: Yeah, 450 years here from the time of the, the Potentate's death to the time that Tiber Septim takes over.
0: Okay, so yeah, you know, so, so
1: all of this time here, you know, where we get the return of Artaeum, we get, you know, the the uh, rebirth of uh, the Morag Tong, the establishment of the Dark Brotherhood, uh, you know, the, all of these kind of little things that we're seeing in ESO, you know, this huge world-changing event with all of the Dark Anchors, And Molag ball and yet none of it carries over into the the other modern eras so there has to be something that will describe as to why and this is only what three years now Uh, yeah yeah. Uh, ESO has been going in terms of like they even keep like track of like as we're going in ESO like it's kind of cool if you look at um, timelines like we have moved up three years from the point of release but we've also moved up in the storyline three years uh, as it's kept on the the, um, the timelines so, you know, we're going to have this entire era of all of this activity just wiped away, you know, when it comes to the modern era. Or at least, you know, if we get to Elder Scrolls 6, we might see a lot of this come back, but at least for, you know, 2, 3, 4, and 5, you know, we have, you know, all we get is a couple lines mentioning the interregnum. And speaking of which, we have the ancient tales of the Dwemer, which are footnotes. Uh, from books that survived from the interregnum and uh, these scholars do not agree on the exact date of more Marcel's work this is the author but it is generally agreed that they were written by the playwright gore famous for popular comedies and romances during the interregnum so time we're in now during the fall of the first cyrodelic empire and the rise of tiber septum the current theory holds that Flem heard a few genuine Dwemer tales and adopted them to the stage in order to make money, along with the rewritten versions of many of his own plays. So, I mean, that's three books and just pretty much just little, you know, mentions of the interregnum. So I'm really wanting to know, Are is this guy in the game right now? I don't think I've met him. And if not, does, you know, the people at Zoss have a plan of putting this, uh, actor and playwright into the game.
0: Well, um, good. Uh, one way of finding out is, um, you could, uh, do a quick search on, on, uh, on Google for, for him, um, which I'm actually doing now. The the other uh, way, if that doesn't yield anything, which it's, it's really not is, um, making a character with that name. (laughs) <laughs> if if you make a character with that name then no he's not in the game. Uh because any any character that um I think the all the names are taken uh, including
1: as non-player characters although the names right. include them.
0: Yeah, the the NPCs the uh they actually they, those names are, are uh, unavailable. So you can't make, you know, uh uh I don't know, insert an NPC name here uh as, as your character name. So that's, that's one cool. way of finding out. Also, um, I like the idea that he's kind of like a, like Tamriel's version of Shakespeare.
1: <laughs> that That is, I've never thought of it that way, but yes. Yeah. He's got a couple of little books, which are cool.
0: Yeah. I just got hit in the face with a mud bowl by Liz. Uh. <laughs> I see you back over there on that pillar, Liz. <laughs>
1: So now we have uh, the Pocket Guide to the Emperor, third edition, the Arena Super Mundus, the Tapestry of Heaven, by the Imperial Geographical Society. As Cyrodiil is the center point of Tamriel, taking the best of what surrounds her, so Mundus is the center of the spiritual world, blending the darkness of oblivion with the searing light of Etherius. It is sometimes called the Arena here, for forces are eternally at struggle, wealth and subjugation, love and loss, life and death and undeath, and volatile laws of nature, and conversely, magical means of breaking those laws. There are some who even speak of good and evil, but these concepts are subject, subjective and not spiritual. Still, they suggest one more of the many struggles in the arena of Mundus. Imperial scribes of the original guide ignored this totally, and the multitudinous regi- reasons mostly bore from the shifting political and racial landscape of the time and the exertions of moving mankind to the center stage of all things. Or, perhaps, it was a simple lack of knowledge. Precursors to Tiber's time of conquest were the dark and cumulative losses of four centuries of the interregnum. In any case, a fair-weathered hand-waving of the worlds beyond was preferable to any attempt at even a layman's introduction to the grandeur of the high domain. So, you know, is it just i wonder if that's how they're going to do it is like you know we will have this long lost knowledge recorded that you know oh during the time of the interregnum all of this stuff was lost but guess what we found it in a to- in a tower
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just happened to be here
1: <laughs> yes everything else was burned but you know we found art, the last copies Of all 2,000 books. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just one gigantic
0: interregnum library. It was filed under I. That's why we couldn't find it. Oh, right, right. There's that one Moth Priest. I told you. I'm not... I could be blind and I knew that. And they were like, shut up. (laughs) Um... You know, i i, I would uh, I would suspect that handling the Inner Regnum after Elder Scrolls Online, or, or I mean, after its release uh, into the series, I, I think um, Elder Scrolls Six and any other spin-off games that might come, um, I don't think they're going to touch it at all. I I think they're going to sort of say, uh, "We didn't know." About the inner regnum in the entire series and we're not going to start telling you about it now uh if you want to know about it you have to travel to that that bubble in time known as the inner regnum in elder scrolls online and you can experience it Um, just because elder scrolls online comes out doesn't mean suddenly a a, uh, renaissance, a discovery, and a rebirth of information on the Interregnum uh, is now installed in the series, you know, fourth era and beyond. I don't think they're going to do that. And I think if they handled it that way, I think honestly it'd be sort of crass.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, leave it as, you know, whatever events are, are happening in this game aren't going to affect the other game. So enjoy this game for what it is. But realize that whatever concoction they're going to make up is, n- hopefully, not going to be brought forward into the next Elder Scrolls game. Now, maybe some of the mechanics or some of the the very cool features would, but the lore itself will leave this as a time of darkness, loss of you know literature, loss of you know history, and just uh, you know whatever you know aspect that's just listed as the Interregnum.
0: Yeah, and, and I I think it's best served that way. I think it really it really is. Um, where are we? Uh, where where are we at next on, on this? So we got
1: one last book. Um, being that you know we have talked about you know Akatosh at the beginning of this this segment here, mm. uh, and you know the the red diamond, the amulet of kings. Uh, so I just wanted to end also to make it you know start the joke at the beginning finish at the end type of thing? Sure. So let's take a peek at the Red Diamond itself. The Amulet of the Kings, the chronicles of the creation of the Amulet of Kings. In the first era, a powerful race of elves known as the Iliads, or the Heartland High Elves, ruled Central Tamriel with an iron hand. And the haughty, the high and haughty Iliads relied on their patrons, the treacherous Daedra lords, to provide armies of Daedras and dead spirit. With these fearless magical armies, the Eliads "...prayed without mercy on the young race of men, slaughtering and enslaving them at their whim. On behalf of the suffering human race, St. Alessia, the first in the line of serials "...sought the aid of Akatosh, the dragon god of time, and ruler of the noble Adra. Akatosh, looking with pity upon the plight of men, drew precious blood of his own heart, "...and blessed St. Alessia with the blood of dragons, and made a covenant, "...so long as Alessia's generations were true to the dragon blood... Akatosh would endeavor to seal tight the gates of Oblivion and deny the armies of Daedra and the undead to their enemies, the Daedra-loving aliens. In token of this covenant, Akatosh gave Alicia and her descendants the Amulet of Kings and the eternal dragonfires of the Imperial City. Thus does Alessia become the first gem in the Cyrodiilic Amulet of Kings. The gem is the red diamond in the middle of the amulet. This is the symbol of the Empire and later taken as the symbol of the Septim Line. It is surrounded by eight other gems, one for each divine. So long as the Empire shall maintain its worship of Akatosh and his kin, and so long as Alicia's heirs shall bear the Amulet of Kings, Akatosh and his divine kin maintain a strong barrier between Tamriel and Oblivion, so that mortal men need never fear again the devastating summons of the Daedra lords. If the Empire should slacken in its dedication to the Nines, or if the blood of Alessia's heirs should fail, then shall the barrier between Tamriel and the Daedric realms fall, and the Daedra worshippers might summon lesser Daedra, an undead spirit, to trouble the races of men. So, hmm. I like that little part there where it talks about the amulet, you know, and the eight gems that's around it and stuff like that. So that's why I added it.
0: Okay, and, and again, um, sort of, sort of cementing uh, some of the things that we're seeing here in in Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, and, and thereby making more of a case for for this this idea of a dragon break um, being here, you know, a lot of people have have been very critical uh, with me about Elder Scrolls Online, saying I don't know how you could support that game as an Elder Scrolls fan because it tramples all over the lore. And, and usually, you know, my answer to that is well. Uh, does it? Uh, listen. Uh, there, there is. There is always. First of all, we, we're we're dealing with um, a break in the covenant between uh, mortals and Akatosh, the dragon god of time. Um, we are dealing with gods interacting with with one another, f- warring with each other. Meridia gets involved. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know. I mean, there, there's a lot going on here. All right, and just because you know you read books in various games that that say one thing or another about about this time period about this time period doesn't necessarily mean that those books have to be held word for word verbatim. Elder Scrolls always contradicts its own lore. You got one book that says you know. This is what happened, and you got another book that says, "Yeah, well, I re- researched that, and I didn't actually find that happening." And you've got outright propaganda that comes out from, uh, from the Imperials and the High Elves a- and yeah. the High right, the Thalmor right, and the High Elves. Yeah, absolutely. So, at what point did you did you actually think that you know a volatile time like the Interregnum, where you know there's just chaos reigns all throughout Cyrodiil? You've got <laughs> three. You've got two Daedra and a god involved in, in the affairs of mortals. What point did you think that that was going to just play out like a regular story? I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, um, there's a lot going on here. And I, I, I'm not saying that there's any sort of evidence that's damning saying this is this is true. I am going to take the old scientific theory and say there's a lot of evidence to suggest So I rest. Uh, I rest my my uh, theory on on that that cool. uh, that code hanger. Um, let's just take a quick break we and got talk an ad. Yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, let's just take a quick right. break here and mention uh, tweaked audio and Audible, right? Yep.
1: All right. You do the first. I'll do the second because I actually wrote something for the second for Audible. Yeah.
0: Great. All right. Well. Well. Let's get right into that in just a second. Um. So. So, Tweaked Audio, folks. Uh. I've actually had a lot of people come at me, and say, uh. You know. They. they really enjoy. uh, Since we've been getting a little bit more. Um. I guess interactive with. With. Uh. With shouting out our sponsors. Um. I've actually had people like on Twitter and through emails. Uh. Say. And I've retweeted those. So. So. You maybe you've seen them too. Um. That. You know. Hey. I really love. I really love my Tweaked Audio headphones. You know. They're. They're really great. And um, again, we just want to throw out: okay, for for twenty five dollars, you're going to get an awesome, an awesome pair of headphones. Um, they they do have a lifetime warranty, and you are going to get them shipped to you for free. Doesn't matter where you're listening; we got a lot of listeners in the UK, in Europe, in Canada. Doesn't matter where you're listening to us. Tweaked Audio is going to send you their headphones for free, and and the the best thing about these, and and what people love about them the most is you really are investing in these in this product. It's $25 around about. $25. You can certainly spend more. They've got they've got uh, products there that are more expensive and you pay for that quality too. But for $25, you're going to get a pair of headphones. That's going to last you for like 2-3 years. Again, you've heard me say it before and I'll say it again. The headphones that I am now using, the quality, the, the sound quality that comes out of these things is good enough for me for podcasting uh, i can pick up all of the little stuff going on in my host background that that you're not going to hear because i heard it first and was able to to sort of you know gate that away from from the podcast so you don't you don't hear that sort of stuff these are great they really are very good go to tweakedaudio.com put in our code off the record and you're going to take that 25 five dollar price point or however much you spend and you're going to take 30 percent off your entire order over at tweakedaudio.com. Don't forget, free shipping. That's that's a huge savings too, especially if you live in the UK. They can Shipping, they bang you over the head for that. Um, so you don't have to worry about shipping to the UK or to Canada. It's just the price of the headphones. We take 30% off with our code off the record. It's a win, 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 win across the board. So definitely uh, check them out if you're in the market for some new headphones, guys. You can't go wrong. You really actually can't go wrong. Uh, Mike, over to you. I'm excited to hear what you got to say about Audible.
1: So, a couple episodes back, I was we were talking about Doctor Who, and uh, mm, I got yeah. really excited because, come to find out, Big Finish is on Audible, so if you like Doctor Who and you want to hear some of the stories of uh, Doctor Who after it went off TV and after the movie, they have a ton of stuff. Well, it gets even better. So, uh this week i found the classic story horror of fang rock is coming to audible this month and it's narrated by louise jameson aka the doctor's companion Leela. the doctor and Leela are on a trip to bristol and it ends up in a lighthouse on fang rock a mysterious light in the sky initiates a series of events leading to a murder mystery and the introduction of the Rutans, the enemy of the Santarens. So the audiobook, Doctor Who and the Horror of Fang Rock. The Fourth Doctor Novelization. That's my doctor. Uh, the Unabridged by Terrence Dicks and narrated by Louise Jameson.
0: I didn't so, know you... Uh, oh, well, that's right. No, you did tell me that you liked the uh, the Fourth Doctor. Yeah.
1: So Tom Baker, you know, yeah. longest running doctor, you know, in terms of serials. Uh, you know, he's my doctor. man with the scarf. Would you like a jelly baby? You-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to see more... More of his his episodes, um, I really do because the he I, I just hear so much love from from him, and I'd say probably the strongest dose of like of fourth Doctor episode that I got was um, I did watch a a, a th- two or three part series um with uh, with him and. Uh, I, I could get into it, but I'm not going to. But I did see a two or three part series with him, <laughs> and, and it was it was fantastic. It really was. I got the DVD. Um, uh, next time, next time, I'll I'll, I'll have this information ready, uh, and it really was great. However, I did notice that Tom Baker was he was great at that moment, but he was brilliant in the fiftieth anniversary.
1: Yeah. And he's been doing all of these novelizations and the big finish stuff ever since, you know, for a long time now. So there's a lot more stories on the Tom Baker Doctor than maybe any other Doctor out there. And uh, so to have, you know, The Horror of Fang Rock as a novelization read by his companion, Leela, available on Audible. So, you know, if you uh, are interested in Doctor Who, you know, if you're like a varwin and myself and, you know, nerd out all the time over Doctor Who... This is a way to get some of the other stories uh, of the Doctor and his adventures. Uh, so go to our site, uh, click on the audio uh, Audible link, and uh, sign on up, and you know maybe get a free Doctor Who book.
0: Absolutely, uh, and again, that link is going to be uh, audibletrial.com/slash Quest Gaming Network uh, to to get your free audiobook today. All right, um, Mark's not here. So instead of just sort of going through uh, what he had prepared for us today for uh, the sonarist, um, Mike and I talked about it, and we're we're just going to kind of you know skip over this area because um, you know Mark is is brilliant in in that he he takes what he writes down and he just adds all of his experience to it, and we just we just don't we just don't have that. Um, that's why Mark's on the show. So, um, instead of, instead of just reading this off and just sounding like we don't know what the hell we're talking about, cause we don't, <laughs> we're just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna move on. <laughs> um, so, so, um, we miss you, Mark. Uh, we miss you a whole lot and we'll, we'll see, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you feel better.
1: Um, I just hope he's not at home rubbing his hands together, plotting how he's going to kill off my D and D character.
0: I, I, uh, I, I, I think, I think he's doing that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, he, no, he is. He definitely is. <laughs> uh, oh, God. All right. Um, listen, I, you know, I was, I was about to throw out a fast question of the week and then I opened up the inbox, the elder scrolls off the record at gmail.com inbox and Nash emailer Nash he writes, he writes his email and I was like, you know what? Right there. That's the fast question of the week. So I'm going to eat. I'm going to read uh, Nash's email and uh, we're going to We're going to chew the fat over on this one. He says, uh, I have a question of the week for you guys. Has a dragon ever helped you and how? For instance, I was doing the thieves guild quest where you must break into the house. Then burn the hives. Okay, so Nash is playing Skyrim here. And he goes on to say, "Since I play an Argonian, I was swimming around looking for an easy way, an easy way in when I hear a giant roar. And a dragon swooped over my head. Taking advantage of this, I quickly ran through the front door while the guards were distracted. Love the show, guys. Hope to try and catch you alive more often. Nash." <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Uh, Mike, has it, has has a dragon ever helped you out? And and if so, how?
1: So, do you know the area where um, if you're playing the um, thieves guild quest and you're going to go in and you're going to get your uh, um, armor for um, uh, the the thieves guild there? The um, uh, I'm blanking on it right now. That's horrible. Um, just outside of Riften. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. There's the little sanctuary there, there's one of the, uh, the, the the stones, there's the farm, and then there's a dragon's uh, nest up on the mountainside. Well, in that general area, usually there are bears and spiders. There's been times when I've been attacked by the bandits that have killed off the Imperial Patrol, and there's always the Necromancer sitting on top of that little hill, you know, that is just being a right royal pain in the butt. Well... I've had the dragon actually swoop out because, you know, if you get close enough, it'll activate the dragon and take out all of those guys, including the Riften guards and the farmer. You know, pretty much allowing me just to walk up and activate the stone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the funny thing about about Elder Scrolls games is... Um, that open world aspect to it, uh, you're, you're definitely going to get some chaos that, that happens. I remember You remember that exact dragon in the very beginning when the game first came out? I think it was on... Um, uh, I, actually, I don't think it was agnostic of platform. It didn't matter which platform you were in. You could get a bug where that dragon was flying around the outer gate of, of Riften upside down.
1: I still get a bug every, when I play. Even with the special edition, when I go into Riften, I hear the roar of the dragon. Hmm and I'm expecting it to actually attack Riften and it never does. Sometimes it's outside of Riften attacking the stable sometimes it's out on the other side at the farm but it seems like every time I go into Riften it's activating a dragon.
0: Um the uh Oh man, I'm I'm just oh I'm 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 forgetting information and the backup information that I've got in order to, to remember some of this stuff, I'm forgetting that now too. <laughs> just having a systemic failure of, of Skyrim in game information just drop out of my mind. Um okay. That that area that's uh that's um it's got a bunch of thieves in it uh, in, the, in a mountain and there's a there's a book out there um, that that gives you a quest to go get that uh, a sword in that area uh, from from some old bandit named uh, red something or other okay. um, uh,
1: Red eagle the red eagle
0: sword red eagle sword yes okay so so that area for Red eagle sword uh, with that whole area that's by that river uh, where it's surrounded by uh, all those bandits.
1: Okay. Yep. So you're over um, on um, the solitude side of the map. Uh, yeah. Probably very close to the reach itself. Yeah. Uh, if not in the reach. Re- reach. What?
0: What, uh, what are those guys called? The
1: Forsworn. Not the
0: Forsworn. The Because fore- it's, it's like it's not the forgotten. <laughs> the Forsworn. But it's also
1: you know the reachmen or the Forsworn, depending on how you know what part what how you're yeah. looking at them. So
0: yeah, that is true. Um. All right. That whole area. That's a big area there's a there's an a lot of area those. too
1: huh It's a very difficult area for combat too. yeah
0: you have a lot of um, impassable mountains. Uh, you've got um, the bridges over there, the stockade walls and really only like two one or two one really known really good area to enter and then maybe like a second area that you can enter that that area from um so so trying to get into that area is very difficult um certainly if you're going to you know go in there and just attack everybody so uh i I go running into this area right and um, it comes off a of main road and, and you, you know, you see the stockade fences and, and, and of course, uh, they see you well before uh, you even have a chance to attack them. And, and you know how I play heavy armor, sword, and shield. So I'm getting... <laughs> yeah,
1: you're the only one who runs in there. Liz and myself, we would have snuck in there, you know, made it all the way through. Everybody would have been dead before they realized it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, even if, even if you sneak in there, I mean, there's only a certain amount of ways that you can actually effectively sneak in there. And um, you have to be on like a, like a wall of some kind in order to really snipe them. There's a hag raven across the river uh, like over over a bridge and, and uh, on top of like a small plateau. There's a hag raven up there too that you gotta watch out for because she gets involved. Anyway, um, I did a real shoddy job of, of, of dropping the setting for you folks, but but this is this is sort of the area that I go running into. As I go running into this area and initiate combat, I'm getting pelted by arrows. Uh, I'm getting pelted by fireballs, um, frost magic, and then here comes, here comes the one Briarheart coming after me. Here comes a, a few a few uh, NPCs with dual wielding melee weapons. I'm getting assaulted. When all of a sudden, a dragon rides into town. And they just turn their attention from me, as this dragon just swoops in and just starts lighting this whole field up with fire. <laughs> and they start, you know, the archers turn and start attacking the dragon. The uh, the the, uh, the 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 sorcerers start attacking the dragon. Had had that not happened. I definitely would have been overwhelmed. And I was just about to start running out of that area to sort of get some of the some of the heat off myself a little bit there and maybe start attacking these guys a little at a time instead of just running in the entire area. This dragon, he got all the attention away from me, and I just start going after one of these guys individually, one by one, knocking them off. And they can't they can't effectively kill this dragon. They're attacking them, but they can't kill him. So he's, he's being my meat shield for me as I'm just slaughtering <laughs> them left and right. <laughs> so that was a, that was a one really memorable time, um, and it still took me a while. It took me about maybe 10 or 15 minutes to finally clear out that whole area.
1: Oh, yeah, I can believe that. You know, there's one thing I must say about Skyrim versus ESO, and it's always been the kind of thing that has bugged me. In Skyrim... Many of the top tier mobs are very difficult: the Draugr, Deathlord, the Centurion, the Hagraven. Yeah. Because once you've killed them, they're not coming back. It's going to be you know multiple days of game time before you you know you see them again. Well, they've had to water them down in ESO a bit because ten seconds later, after you leave the area, they're going to respawn. Yeah. For the next guy who walks through. But you know, I sometimes wish that you know that feeling of like, oh my god, I just downed a Centurion, you know, was like the the Skyrim type of, you know, feeling that oh crap that's a centurion I am going to die where the hell's Lydia, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, did you see that gigantic uh, Dwemer monstrosity in the in the Morrowind uh, uh, in the in the Marwind cinematic?
1: Oh yeah, and I hope he's going to be like a boss, like a final boss type of thing. Yeah, that uh, that it, it it's not just a harder version of a centurion, that that's the final boss. Uh, Kind of like uh, when you do the Hrothgar uh, expansion, one of the world bosses is a centurion that is just a right royal, uh, you know, he's what a centurion should be in this game.
0: Yeah. Um, Who knows? They might leave that as kind of like a world boss out there. You never know. I got the world boss feeling off that. Yeah. Off that cinematic. Um, all right let's let's move on uh, as we start winding the show down folks. Uh, we still want to talk about uh, the crafting table and we've got another email we want to read out to you. Um, Mike now now what uh, we, we sort of went in a little bit of a different direction with the crafting table this week, right?
1: Yeah, so since we're in ESO, we're going to do an ESO crafting uh, table mm-hmm. uh, and because of the housing drop here, one of the big things is the master writs. And in order to get a master writ, you have to complete a normal crafting writ. I don't know about you, but I have crafting on almost all of my characters, and it literally eats up ga- tons of game time doing the crafting, because you go up to the, the board, and it says, oh, go make three, you know, Rubidite daggers, and make a Rubidite cuirass, and it's like, okay, now I get up to the crafting station, it's like, oh, what did I have to make? I have to open my journal, look and see, oh, three daggers and a cuirass, okay, So I start making them. Okay, turn them back in. Now you go and do clothing. Well, you know, we've got this one here. This ESO Uh, add-on. Bonds Lazy Crafter Rit, version 33.27. I hope I said his name close to being right. Mm. And what he's done is, uh, do you do the Rits? Do you hate crafting the equipment needed? Do you not do the Rits? Because you don't like going through all the hassle of making all the equipment for the Rits. Then this add-on is for you. Once installed, simply visit a, any crafting station. A short tutorial will walk you through the add-on. The add-on has minimal UI with the option of turning it on and off in the settings menu. What it does is you go up you to the board, you select the crafting writs, and the next time you visit that crafting station, you hit a button that says craft the stuff for the writ. And it goes through and, and it pulls everything out of your equipment bag or out of your inventory and crafts the items for you uh so what used to take me hours literally takes me minutes now uh, on each of my characters so uh it is a great little thing and uh you know since you have to do the regular writs to have access to a master writ you know people are doing a lot of them and uh it takes a lot of the hassle of Opening up your bag, looking for your ingredients. Opening up your your journal to figure out what it is that you need this time, and just you, know, you go up, you click on it, you get the Ritz, you go over to the crafting station, you click on it, it makes it for you, and then you just have to turn it in. Mm. So,
0: wow, it sounds you know. like it really cuts out a lot of the uh, the the back and forth nonsense.
1: Yeah, and you know you can set it to use style stones that you want, so you can use just the basic uh, eight. If you want, so you can do like Argonian and Bosmer. You could tell it, hey, you know what? I've got you know 2,000 Nordstones. Just use Nordstones, and it'll make everything out of uh, in Nord versions. Um, so you, it's it's got a lot of nice utility, and for any crafter out there, it's you know uh, I, I think a lifesaver.
0: Yeah okay uh great well well uh that sounds like a really cool uh add-on certainly it's got the uh, mistress LeBeau seal of approval she's in the chat room saying uh, that add-on's great yeah <laughs> all right um okay so let's uh let's go into this email from Eli uh he says hi all do you think Bethesda would do something along the lines of what Bioware did with the dragon keep for inquisition to set up the world you're playing in Thank you for all the great work that you all do. Eli. Well, I had a feeling I knew what Eli was talking about with the Dragon Keep, but I wanted to do- double check and research it. And uh it seems that that I was I was I was right on this. And uh so for those of you who don't know what the Dragon Keep was, um I'll just give you a brief description of of basically what it was. Um as you know, okay? Uh, Bioware produces Dragon Age, and there's uh, now three games out there: Dragon Age Origins. Um, what's the second one called? It was some, it was more than just Dragon Age Two.
1: Was- so there was Origins. Oh, where's Liz when we need her? Yeah, she's hiding behind something. That's where where she is. Yeah. So.
0: Um, well, anyway, Dragon Age, Dragon Age Two, Dragon Age Three. Those would just be simple. Um, (laughs) these, uh, these games are highly story driven and highly, um, uh, they, they, the story features player choice. Um, so, so your character could, could choose to kill off a car, uh, an an NPC or choose not to, and choose
1: to get married to that NPC,
0: right? Or, or not, uh, and and maybe marry
1: their dead corpse,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It is Dragon Age. I don't it is, know. It is
0: Dragon Age. Um, yeah, Liz is saying it was just Dragon Age two. So this leaves a lot of possibilities for story into the into the next game, and then those choices in the next game leaves lots of possibilities for story in the third game. And so what what um, what Bioware did was they said, okay, um, we're we're gonna make an application. We're gonna make an app. Um, that it, and it's a website that you can go to and you register the games that you played, uh, each, each Dragon Age game that you played. And when you play Dragon Age Inquisition and you've started this application called the Dragon Keep, the Dragon Keep application is going to tell the game, Dragon Age Inquisition, what you did in the two previous games. So Dragon Age Inquisition Stories will pick up and make nods to the story threads as you left it in the first and second game. So really, Eli's question is, do you think Bethesda is going to do something like that, where all of the um, decisions that we've made, maybe in Skyrim or in Oblivion, somehow uh, get nods made to them because of our personal choices through this a, a, through an application through a program that Bethesda makes uh, in Elder Scrolls 6 So with that being said
1: <laughs> that was a mouthful that
0: it certainly was um, hopefully i didn't lose anybody um mike what what do you think do you think do you think Bethesda is going to go out and and make a uh, make an app that's going to recognize what we did in Skyrim and, and maybe some of the other games um, and yep. have those story threads pick up in Elder Scrolls 6 and other other Elder Scrolls games
1: now, we have been going back and forth on this for quite a while with the, the concept of the Dragon Break, because Skyrim, unlike many of the other previous games, left a lot of loose threads. Did you kill the Dark Brotherhood off? Did you become the listener? Did you, know, did you kill the Emperor? Did you side with the Empire? Did you side with the Stormcloaks? Uh, did you side with the Blades or with uh, um, the the monks at High Hrothgar saving Parthenax? Uh, So there's all kinds of loose ends in Skyrim. And by having something like this, what they could do is is make it so that it's very easy for you to go into the next game and be like, yeah, the Dark Brotherhood isn't there, and that storyline is cut off because of your choices in Skyrim. Versus what we had been talking about is that many of the guilds and many of the decisions uh, for the next game would just actually, they would take it completely away because they would just make up new guilds or new factions to, to participate in this would allow you to say, hey, you know what? The Dark Brotherhood isn't dead because I am the listener or my previous character was the listener and now this is the results of that. Yeah. So I think it'd be a cool concept. It would leave for a lot of replayability because it would actually cut off a lot of quest lines that uh, people wouldn't be able to have access to because of their choices in Skyrim.
0: Yeah. um, I, I... I think it would be... I think it'd be interesting. Um, I think it'd be an interesting endeavor for sure. Um, I don't necessarily think that Bethesda is going to do it, though. Uh, Even if they had the idea of doing this, and I'm sure it's crossed their minds, um, Elder Scrolls fans have, have always just sort of said, Oblivion's Oblivion. I played it, I had fun, and I moved on. Um... My my choices mattered to me, but if Bethesda doesn't want to pick up on on some of the choices that I made in the game, um, I've already found a way to to men- mentally uh, reconcile that. Um, so I don't necessarily think that that it's it's really much of an issue. I, I think kind of with Elder Scrolls fans, we we've sort of just made this a non-issue. We've got our own um, player uh, player lore and we don't need to see that. Um, we don't need to, we don't need to see Bethesda find a way to, um, turn that into, into in-game reality for us. Uh, we, we just sort of, that's what
1: mods are for anyways. I mean, Liz brings over Anders every time she plays anyways.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's another fantastic point too, is, is that's what mods are for anyway. Um, so I think Bethesda would probably see that and say, you know, it's an interesting idea, but maybe not just for RIP. So that's what I think, Eli.
1: That's a good question.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, folks. So, so um, short, short classic this week. Uh, we know it's been a long-awaited one, um, and we're, we're sorry it's so short. But hopefully, it was a strong concentration of what you have been waiting for, and thus uh, slightly more enjoyable um we do miss mark of course and uh hopefully he'll be uh feeling a lot better uh i'm sure next week he'll be on elder scrolls off the record and um you know we'll uh, we'll talk to him then we'll see him then uh give the guy a little love on twitter at carnigan wolf c-a-r-n a-g-a-n-w-o-l-f-e uh follow him give him a little love say hey mark hope you feel better buddy we missed you and certainly uh that would be the truth uh, before we end the show we just want to remind you folks of, uh, of uh, two more of, uh, of our sponsors um, Amazon amazon.com is definitely a, 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 a sponsor of our show uh, if you if you uh, find yourself perusing the quest gaming Network website or maybe you, you're shopping on Amazon for something we'd like to ask you to remember uh, to click on our Amazon affiliate link located in the sponsors tab or just the very uh, bottom, Of of our homepage. Just click on that and at no extra cost to you uh, you are saying, hey I I came here from QGN and Amazon says, okay, I'll recognize that and turn that into some sponsorship dollars for QGN. So uh, at no extra cost to you, you'll be sponsoring us. So thank you very much. We'd appreciate that. And um, also, we just want to remind you one more time, uh, we do have the QGN shop up available on questgamingnetwork.com we're selling uh, QGN logo mugs, hoodies, and uh, men's and women's t-shirts, as well as QGD&D uh, logo t-shirts for uh, women and men as well. And ESOTR logo uh, men and women t-shirts, as well as mugs for QGD&D, ESOTR, and QGN logos as well. Uh, this is just to start off with. We're going to get a lot more stuff up on this uh, on this website as well. So uh, check it out at questgamingnetwork.com and click on the shop tab at the very top. And uh, we'd appreciate your patronage very, very much, very much. All right, folks, uh, that is the end of our show. And uh, we'd like to thank you for, for listening, for, for downloading, for streaming, uh, for subscribing um, to our uh, we, we, sandbox we need a black mug with with a gold QGN logo okay all right let's try and work on that <laughs> uh we want to thank our our uh twitch chat room for being here folks thank you very much for hanging out with us we loved all of your comments during the show um i want to thank mark uh for uh, uh mike rather for all of your uh your awesome thoughts today and hard work on on this week's notes it was uh it was a job well done And, uh, for everyone coming in to, uh, my homestead house here in Wayrest, thanks for joining me. I had, I had fun and seeing you here and, uh, to Mark, I hope, uh, hope to hear from you soon, uh, feel better. We've got lots of awesome shows here at QGN, uh, quick shout out to, uh, to KD radio, which is making their huge comeback episode this Friday. 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv/slash Quest Gaming Network. For you night owls out there, we've got late, late night Elder Scrolls streaming four times a week here at uh, our the QGN Twitch channel, and uh, also the first hour of that is going to be making its way onto YouTube as well. Uh, let's not forget about uh, the the massive hit that is QG DND, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that uh, Mark dms for us lots of awesome stories over there
1: Don't we're gonna have a big story change soon so you know, we've uh i believe we're almost through the short uh, course uh that he's doing for some of our uh fans that uh he got uh characters and rolled them through the first time we're going to be going into uh ravenloft Ooh. so the big ravenloft campaign's coming up all right I think we're 12 episodes uh taped and ready to go so oh nice
0: fantastic um so qg dnd don't don't go missing that um also elder scrolls off the record that's uh that's a show that we do it's the um uh, uh news and gameplay podcast uh for elder scrolls and elder scrolls online we're recording that next week and uh dancing with daggers the friday night uh elder scrolls online stream that that dares to be different in so many ways and in and in like the drunken brawl kind of way, it's hilarious. Go check out Dancing with Daggers Fridays, ten thirty p.m. Eastern, right here on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash Quest Gaming Network. If um if you're checking us out on YouTube, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Please like us, uh, you know the old the old up button there. Give us a thumbs up and uh, comment below, as well as uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not. Thank you. Please, uh, we would very much appreciate that. And share us on your social media. Share us on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your Facebook. We, we love that stuff. It goes a long way to sponsoring uh, QGN and this show at, at no cost to anybody. Maybe just a quick copy-paste, a couple of seconds of your time, and uh, it really helps us out here uh, sharing us on your social networks. So we'd appreciate that. All right, folks, that's it for me. Uh, let's uh, final thoughts with
1: Mike. we got to get this done. i got to go steal more uh, home planning kits.
0: <laughs> all right i agree <laughs> all right folks listen thank you so much for uh for hanging out with us you take care now be safe and as always may the foos be with you Thranger! yeah <laughs>